are here today with these two passionate, vibrant women. This is Tal, how do you pronounce it? Costas? Costas. Costas. And Monica Fulton, who we figured out is my neighbor, like around the corner from me, and we're always out exercising. But I met these women pre-COVID. I had the incredible honor and moving experience of volunteering at the House of Tiny Treasures on Rodeo Day, which if you're a Houstonian, you know about rodeo and how excited we get. And it was the most incredible experience. Um, they are um, CEO and president of Search Homeless um, services. services and board member. And together with my girlfriend, Amy Pierce, who's been on so many times our podcast, they are changing the community and the way we look at homeless and the way that we address it. And you've been doing this for 25 years. Yes. And before that, you were even heading a coalition of everyone coming together in the city to talk. Right. So tell us a little bit about like the brief overview, because it's not just about what we perceive to be homeless encampments. Mm -hmm. The homeless crisis in our city is so much more complex and we're doing huge things. Exactly. Well, homelessness is a unfortunately a problem that affects so many different people, from moms and people who aren't able to pay the rent, to people who aren't able to keep a steady job, make enough money, and yes, to the people who are suffering from health problems, uh, mental health. And mental health is kind of this chicken and egg. Sometimes it becomes a problem as you undergo stress and, and anxiety as you have lost everything. And so it, the common element about individuals who experience homelessness is that they don't have a support network. They don't have friends like us um, that are close to help guide them along the way. So it is, it is something that is pervasive, unfortunately. Um, yes, to not just the people that we're seeing out on the street, but to the hidden homeless that you won't see because it's, like I said, the moms, the children who are uh, unfortunately a victim of poverty. And I talk so much about my passion project with Amy is fighting sex trafficking and homelessness does tend to add to that journey of becoming more vulnerable in the community so you are much more likely to be trafficked. Um, there are so many kids in the foster care system that end up homeless. Um, we saw during COVID, and we still see stories on TV, it doesn't even have to be um, a crisis of a health crisis, but a lot of people are just one paycheck away from being homeless or being on the street. And Monica, you came on board from your husband's passion and yeah. now this took your heart and there's so many things you do for the community. What about this just really struck a chord with you? Well, what's interesting was, um, first of all, they kind of said, well, what are you gonna do? I um, have served on a board of a nursery school in London. When my kids were little, I'm still there. We created a board and so it's been 16 years so I love early learning. Yes. I love small children, I feel that the foundation that they get in these years mm -hmm. um, it's 
really makes an impact for the rest of their lives, their experience in nursery school. Agreed. So when I was like, oh, uh, sir, what, what can I do? And I was like, they took me to House of Tiny Treasures. And I was like, sold. I'm so in. tell people what House of Tiny Treasures is. So House is. of Tiny Treasures is a preschool uh, that's fully funded by Search Homeless Services and their generous donors that provides preschool education for kids ages two through five. And they realized it started off kind of this daycare. Mm -hmm. How do you help these parents yes. get off the streets, get educated, get a job? What do they do with their kids? So they started daycare and then they're, of course, search is always kind of forward thinking. Wait, if, we, if we're doing daycare, why not do preschool? Yes. Why not educate these kids? So it started like that. It's kind of grown. It's amazing. They had a very, very generous donation from the Fauché family. That's why there's that beautiful, beautiful building. And from there, I thought, this is unbelievable. What they're doing is breaking the cycle. Because not only are they helping the kids, but they're also helping the family, letting them know, hey, school's important. Because it is, I am actually oddly connected with early childhood development. When we were in Colorado, we spent a lot of time there and we um, came together with, they have a, a program called the Magic Bus and it goes into trailer parks where people who a lot of times are illegal immigrants and concerned about going to schools and afraid what repercussions could happen to the parents and these kids could learn on a bus because they also saw that when they came to kindergarten they didn't know how to stand in line they didn't know how to sit at a table and even have uh, be able to eat in a community like those are some of the basic things we don't even think of that you're teaching the kids at House of Tiny Treasures. Absolutely. Family style eating. Um, Raising your hand to make it Self-regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the problem is that sometimes it's that if you stop and you think about it, if you miss this window, they're already behind. And when you're a teacher in a public school and you have 30 kids, and Johnny's the one that's like, like me, like jumping Acting up, interrupting, and, you know, Hey, Johnny, go sit outside. Already, already, you know, and it's not the teacher's fault, you know. She's got 30 other kids. And the effect on Johnny is that he feels ashamed. He feels called out. And so he begins to spiral down because he now has a bad perception of the mean teacher who has punished me who has labeled me as problem over here. And so he begins to not like school. And it, it gets, just gets worse and worse and worse as he then becomes more troubled and troubling. So in a, yes, I think the self-regulation is, is the biggest part of what we're doing is helping children to learn how to be social in that environment and the other aspect about children who are who have experienced homelessness is that their family hasn't had food on a regular basis. Mom is stressed out all the time trying to figure out how to take care of her children and pay the rent or you know deal with husband or boyfriend and so there's there's a lot of um, 
inconsistencies in their life. And so the trauma that is created when you are that young and a baby, you know, a child, when, when the child cries, the child needs to be soothed. And if the child is not able to be soothed effectively, consistently, then their brain, their physical development, their mental development starts getting um, really distorted. And that's where the beginning of health problems, mental health problems really set in. So two to five years old is when we can reshape that and still have influence to, to change that. And so not only are we providing wonderful teachers who love these children, transportation, we go pick them up within a 10 mile radius because we've got to make sure they're there every day. Consistency that we are able to offer for our children, the daily routine, that is so important to a person's mental psyche, you know, so for us as adults, much less children, right? And, and that's what may, I think we all realized during COVID how much also that sense of connection mm -hmm. was important. And there's just so many things you've already said, but um, I, I'm writing a TED Talk and I'm researching living authentically. And one of the most significant things I read um, about um, blue zones, where people live longer. Oh. And one of the places, and the, the common characteristics in blue zones is seven of the nine factors are on connection. Mm. And it's about having this community, like you're saying. When I ask you guys about family, family's so important, family's important to me. A lot of these people who are homeless don't have family, don't have friends, don't have community. And then House of Tiny Treasures becomes part of their community. And these, feel, these kids feel connection with their peers, with their teachers, and they feel value. And that actually leads to longer, healthier lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and, and the beauty of search is that they, what they do for House of Tiny Treasures, they do it on a macro level with adults as well. So um, they have Coming Home, the Coming Home program is where small groups, you get a mentor, uh -huh. and they meet once a week for a meal and the meal is provided and they talk and they do kind of a program about wow. talking about their feelings, talking about what are you struggling with, you know, somebody to listen to, somebody to talk to, you know, because absolutely when I have a problem, I could certainly go to Tao. And say, hey Tao, I'm really struggling with this, what do you think? And so it kind of creates an outlet for these adult people to kind of realize, to go back and say, wow, I never had this, this is amazing. And during times of COVID, search, talk about being nimble. Like all these little words that I love and I pick I up. Know. Nimble, pivoting, you know, um, intentional. When I see search, they're doing all these things, but so gracefully, like, you know. Um, giving hope. Oh, not totally. Giving, it's not about a handout, because I hear people say, I don't want to just enable people, and that there's such a difference. Um, my first charity experience was with Catholic Charities, and we helped with homeless there and our mission was people of faith helping people in need achieve self-sufficiency and I really see that modeled in your mission is you you're you're giving these moms these women or sometimes men a chance to drop Absolutely. their kids off so they can go find a job and you're not just sending them out to go get a job 
You're giving them the tools then to get the job and the support system. And we were talking about before we were on air and I share a lot about having a child in high school and their friends and the impact the friends have on it. So we as parents can think of that, but then you add someone who's homeless and maybe in an abusive situation. And so tell a little bit about those programs and the hope that you're offering. Well, people. you know, so I, I'd like to add a little bit more to the coming home program that, yes. that um, Monica started talking about. You know, uh -huh. so there's the one-on-one the -on -one yes. mentor relationship. And I think the other aspect to the community is that it's, it's these, these weekly dinners that we have. And there oh, are wow. volunteers, friends, and others that are affiliated with CERT uh -huh. come to dinner. So it's a group of typically about 40 of us. And, and so our participants who are in the Coming Home program, they, there's about 15 of them. And so they feel, wow, these people are here for me. That's I am incredible. part of incredible. something much bigger, and they're here every week for me, wow. just as I am here every week. And, and so, and it's, it's very much a mutual mm -hmm. benefit because the, the, the volunteers, our dinner companions, who uh, initially started coming, you know, they were like, oh, here, we're here for the participants of CERT. But then they start connecting to each other too. And, and so it really has been such a beautiful circle of, of connection to everybody for a bigger purpose and a, uh, a reason to be together. Oh, it's beautiful. So um, I learned about coming home because as a board member, they, they, mm -hmm. oh, they're having a graduation because of COVID, it's on Zoom. So we all zoomed in and they had a really cool platform where the audience was part of the screen. <clears throat> what struck me was every single participant said, and I'm going to start bringing meals, and I want to participate. So the people graduating, their oh. first instinct was, is I want to give back to this group that gave wow. me so much. It was beautiful, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a good cook, and I said, I'll bring food. I know I don't want to poison anyone. <laughs> Yeah, Bella says, Mom, you you burn water boiling. I know. I mean, like, it is a thing. You can burn girl, water. It's a thing. <laughs> it's such a thing. And um, the other thing I've read uh, in my research, too, is this powerful thing. Like, when we give, we receive more than we give. Oh, and I know absolutely. it's such a cliche. It's true. But it's a powerful it, cliche. Powerful. But it's so about purpose. So... How do you help them find their purpose and their meaning? Because there is so much, and I agree, the chicken or the egg, is there mental health before or is there mental health after? Like it's, and the amount of people, like I can share this because she shared it live on our podcast, but Lucinda Loya was even homeless at one point. She lived with her mother in her car. Wow. And they, and I want people to know that living in your car means you're homeless. Mm -hmm. That technically is. It is. And to think about when, or these kids that are couch surfing and don't have a place to live, right. that is homeless. So mm -hmm. how do you help to give them purpose? Tell a little bit about that journey. Well, you know, so so the the approach that we take is, is very much what we call client-centered or person-centered. Uh -huh. We are not here to tell people how to live and, and what they should do, which, you know, it's really hard for people, even if they are in a place where they have nothing 
and nothing tangible and nothing really that mm -hmm. they can, they still feel like they want to be recognized Yes. for being the human being that they are, mm -hmm. that their existence matters. Mm -hmm. And so, so we are always working to build a trust, a relationship with the individuals. Our team that is going out to the street and finding people who are living out there, mm -hmm. we go back to them again and again and again to have that relationship, to build that trust, and ask them, what, how do you see your life different? What dreams and hopes did you have that no longer Amazing. is in front of you because you've given, given up on it? You know, so people ha build a sense of resignation and acceptance for the fate or the situation that they're in. And what we want to do is bring back out a sense of motivation What's going to motivate you to want to do something different, healthier, uh, connecting, and, and being part of something intentional, purposeful, right? So, so they have to be able to see, here's somebody who cares, who can help me reach back and, and go forward. So I think that that sense of um, hope, as you said earlier, and creating the opportunities for achieving that hope. And it starts with getting them into a home, you know, mm -hmm. because when we, if we expect people to figure out how to get a job, get cleaned up while they're still living day to day, hour by hour, trying to figure <laughs> out where to get their next meal, it's not gonna work because your mind is still just focused on how am I gonna survive? What am I gonna do next? So when you, set, when you have your own home, when mom is able to have a key mm -hmm. to come and go when she needs to make sure her child is, mm -hmm. is you know, there after school, you know, and, and there's a refrigerator to, to ho hold that medication that needs to be refrigerated, those very fundamental things help people to say, okay, now I can focus on something else. And, and have a goal or, or you know, work towards this dream that I've been holding on to. Grace Kelly, you get down. Go see <laughs> Jeanette. I know she can, but she can go. Okay, because I do think like even, uh, even sometimes as people who have a place to live, we get so caught up in it with, it just seems like the world is so stressful right now. Right. Like even as a mom who has the basic need covers, some days I'm like, how can I get through all these challenges? And then you think like, I can make my bills, I have a place to live, and there's some days that I just like sit and cry because you just can't figure it out. And so there are so many just fundamental needs that have to be met so you can even project what would be next mm -hmm. to even figure that out. Mm -hmm. And you're giving people a pathway out it's not um, so kind of tell us about the process how does how do they come into this how do you connect with them right so it starts with our team that's going out to the street uh-huh some people come to us at our building uh -huh. which is near Minute Maid so we are right there located oh yeah around downtown okay. so that we're easily accessible uh -huh. or a, a partner agency will okay. work with us so the first thing that we do, and we work together with almost a hundred different agencies oh, in wow. this coordinated system. So that's the beauty of what homelessness, what Houston has been able to do with the homeless challenge. 
I've been because in, we're exceptional in we, Houston. We give us we some have, statistics. Right. So Houston has reduced homelessness since 2011 by more than 50 percent. That's the number. 50 percent. That's right. Chilling. Chilling. Incredible. We went from almost 8,500 people who were living in shelters or on the street on any given day to now under 4,000 who are wow. in shelters or out on the street. Uh, Houston has become a model for the mm -hmm. country. And how we've done that is because we were able to develop a really col truly collaborative. Mm -hmm. So we know, okay, here are the shelters mm -hmm. and we know that's their, their main activity. Mm -hmm. Surge provides case management, and there's a few agencies that work like us mm -hmm. to connect to the people and follow them and stay with them during their journey. Because from that's important, right? Exactly. That's important tell you the for journey. rehab, right? Because I've heard even like women coming out, I work with the women's home, when they come out of living there and go into their own apartment, then sometimes they feel like, oh, I've lost my people, I've right. lost what was comfortable. It's such a journey. It's what they know. So for, for me, so yeah. it's interesting what CERTS has really done so well is what we call wraparound care. Oh, yes. Wraparound care. But I'll tell you a story because I was struggling, you know. I was, you know, my husband had died and my friends were kind of like, I, I, I had the wagons had circled around yeah. for sure. And um, so I go to this coffee with Tao because, you know, we want board members to be yes. active. And, Whatever she tells me to do, I'm like, I'm, I'm there. I'm your soldier. I got this. I'm done. She's a great. So I go to this breakfast, and this woman is talking uh -huh. about her journey and how it, she got a job. Uh huh. She um, traffic signaling person. Oh. She got the training. She was wow. working, and she says there was a moment where she really felt, "Can I do this? Do I know what to do? Because what I know is getting in trouble, stealing, going to jail." That was my pattern, and there was a comfort in knowing. And I, and she said, it's hard not knowing. And I, I get teary thinking about it because I thought, you're like, we I all feel, feel that way. We mm -hmm. all feel that way. Even the, the most, unknown. most put together person at some point in time turns around and says, what am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to deal with this? And I told Tal, I said, the same thing you said. And this is me. I can pay my bills. My husband was an excellent provider that left us very well equipped to face life without him, which was the last thing he wanted. And I thought, oh my God, these people. So for search to be able to do that wraparound care, to say, you're okay, so they, you go to Northline. And I went to Northline before search. I went with Northline with Gina. It was a, an old oh, Howard Johnson so motel that was converted oh. into homes. Can, can you imagine living it in, sad. Sad, it was sad. terrible. Heartbreaking. But the yeah. people there, so I went with Gina through um, her daughter uh -huh. and Kelly Cohen's my daughter. They go to luncheons and they plan this luncheon and there were uh -huh. all these flowers and the daughter said, what happens to the flowers? Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't know. So they started a salvaging flower uh -huh. organization where they pick up the flowers. And so I volunteered because I'm like, I'm in. And it's only an hour. It's so great. And we would take the flowers to Northland. And the people there. Oh my God. So I there were 120 it. people living in this Reggie, dilapidated. Oh, Reggie, Reggie came out with his backpack. He had toilet paper stuck in it. It was almost falling out. I wanted to zip it up so it wouldn't fall out. And he's helping take all these flowers. And they brought so much joy. And I remember I kind of walked around. And he's now at Tenemos. 
What's his name? Is it John with the beard? He works oh. for search. Oh, Don. 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 Oh, yeah. He's there. He had a workout club, yoga classes. There was a book club, Bible club. It's like Bible's yes. not your thing. Yes. You yes. do a book club. Yeah. And it's all these things. So when they do reach their, like, the goal is to have this apartment, and then there's these four walls staring at you. Like, it's what It's next? isolating. Yeah, when they've been outside, yes, they are struggling, but they also have built a community out there Network. and a routine like Monica was describing. It's like the predictability. You know, human beings, we need predictability. So their predictability was, I know where I can find food. I can go here, there at these hours. But now they're in a different environment, in a home, yes, but now what? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, so we create opportunities, social activities, learning activities, things that will engage people or uh, offer people ways to engage. No requirement, mm -hmm. but they want it because they want to connect. They want to do something that's a little more than just stay in their room in their four walls because yeah. it's isolating. And it, was oh. the city the one that put this coalition together, or is this a group of nonprofits, nonprofits? that came together? So okay. it's a combination of nonprofits and uh -huh. local government agencies okay. and private funders, too. Uh -huh. Because the, the challenge with homelessness is that it's expensive yes. to place people in homes, mm -hmm. subsidize the cost of their homes, but it's a lot less expensive than to leave them out there. Oh, absolutely. And let's talk about... So immigration is such a big, um, a hot topic. We have so many people coming in through Mexico. We also will be having people from Afghanistan. Do you work with refugee services? Like how does all that tie into what we're doing as a community to sort of accept these people? Are they just put into a city or are they placed in homes? So, so people, How does this work Yeah, so, so people who are refugees uh -huh. in these situations, there are programs, Interfaith Ministries, the okay. YMCA, the international kind of response. Okay. And so they, Catholic Charities I think even yes. does that. Uh -huh. so, so yes, so there is a niche uh -huh. in, in that. In fact, you know, I myself coming from Vietnam back in uh -huh. 1975, my family benefited from immigration oh, wow. or refugee integration services in the early years. And but may I interrupt, when you came, did you only come with, you, with what you physically yes, carried? the suitcase. That's know, what I've heard from my friends. Mm -hmm. and, and they said they had, um, they had wealth in Vietnam and even had to leave it behind. Exactly. And you physically, and so that's what the I also thing we share had with was our photo daughter. albums, you know, pictures in baggies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because that's really the only thing that's, that's totable yes. and meaningful. Yes. You don't need the things. You know, we can't yes. take the things. Yes. So, yes. Wow. Yeah. So, so it is um, these, these transitions and, and these opportunities for people to, mm -hmm. to uh, build. So back to the immigration. Yes. So we, when we intervene uh -huh. is when we find people who immigration has, um, their situation has been so complex that they've ended up just out there without any resources. Okay. And and so we then try to help them with connecting to the immigration services, to our U.S. Uh, you know con Congress representatives because they will mm -hmm. also help in these okay, kind of good. unique situations uh -huh. 
where they're stuck and, and they have nothing and no federal resources will be able to help them while they are considered not legal. Wow. So tell us about the Petals program. Oh, Petal Power. So it's lovely. I love Petal Power. So it's, it's one of the groups that I, I, I work with. Mm -hmm. And it was because um, I got involved. Amy Pierce, I tell you, all roads lead to mm -hmm. Amy. If you, want, if you want to know where to volunteer, what to do, that girl can ask Amy. You she'll that. she'll <laughs> connect you into that. What do you like? So um, she uh, is it with an organization called the Women's Fund. And the yes. Women's Fund is... And you co-chaired that event. I co-chaired yes, that with, with Amy. When we had a booth there. Yes. And my well, daughter she came. Ran, right. She ran the whole bazaar. Oh, like, wow. She, were, I don't know she, if I ran any. Yeah, she but. did. She did. She did. So um, through that, I got uh -huh. involved um, with Petal Power. They, at uh -huh. the end, they announced, oh, we'll be collecting the flowers if anyone wants to help. So, of course, me, I started helping and connected with Gina. You mean you say Gina. Gina uh, Gaston. Gina Gaston. She's... Yes. Such an amazing woman. She truly Does so is. much for our community. Mom of triplets. Triplets. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who just went off to college. Oh, wow. You know, yes, she's an empty nester officially. Talk oh. about a mentor. <laughs> in, Incredible. In, in volunteer, one time I called yes. her and I said, I, I'm, I'm really nervous. And she's like, Why are you nervous? It's like, What if I do it wrong? She's oh. like, You're volunteering. Girl, exactly. <laughs> You're volunteering. How wrong There's can you There's no judgment. Fine. How wrong can you? And so she really, her and Amy, because I tend to be a little bit anxious and like, oh, I want to do it perfect. It's like, no, no. Forget. Yeah. Like, perfectly imperfect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so I started doing that, and when my husband got sick, I really kind of dropped everything. Yes. Kids included. I'm not embarrassed to say. You got it. My main focus was my husband and his care, and I was the main caretaker, and that my friends kind of rallied around my kids. Good. And they would help. And my mom said it was the best thing that happened because I was such a helicopter mom. Mm. Like, um, yeah, I got to detach mm. a little. Stalking the homework and everything. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was like, bye, Aiden. Good luck with your test. <laughs> I'll see you later. And my mom says there's a blessing in everything. Yeah. 100%. And that, I kind of detached. But here was this opportunity mm -hmm. where I could go for an hour and meet Gina downtown. Yes. And she can push these trolleys in her high heels. Like, that is something amazing. Did you get that on video? Yeah, I do sometimes <laughs> video her doing that because it's, I think it's amazing. And um, it would take me an hour. She would coordinate it where you, the pickup is close to the drop-off. It was in and out. And for an Incredible. hour, I got to forget a little mm -hmm. bit and get yeah. outside of my head and my troubles and spread joy because mm -hmm. you really are spreading joy. And talk about spreading joy, Gina. One time we were in Northline and this lady was like, Hi. She's like, she's like, I love you. And she's like, if you love me, what are you doing all the way over there? Aww. Come over here. I was like melted, Aww. melted on the floor. And, and so um, they, Pedal Power has really aligned since, you know, I have a connection with Search. We've mm -hmm. been so lucky. We've done so many. Yes. So many deliveries. And my friend, she never wants credit. And she's out with Spring Creek Growers. They have the best Christmas tree farm in the world, hmm. Texas. Um, and she has helped Emma like do some deliveries, and she taught us how to do. She did the flower arrangements for the search luncheon. Oh, good. And oh, they so, had this last one. Yeah. That's so great. she had finished a triathlon, and she met us at the farm with her, with her husband, and she taught Emma, Gina, and I 
how to do a potted plant. Ah. We set it up, and she taught Emma. We got to That's do that. Wonderful. So it's kind of like I I feel that people need to find synergies in yes. what they do, and I think Amy has taught me that. And so I try to connect. Hey, what what is the woman's son doing that could help search? What is one hundred percent? Because they all, if we unite, and I think that we're an incredible city in that. Oh, Whereas sure. um, I don't see that reaching across as much in different places. Where because we're all competing for dollars, right. but yet we're all wanting the same end. So if we come together, there's so much more power and coming together. And I think that culture here in Houston has mm -hmm. really been why Houston's Homeless Collaborative has worked mm -hmm. so well compared to some of these other cities throughout the country is, is that we're like, hey, okay, you know, I, while I've been working on Surge all these years and raising money and mm -hmm. trying to get attention and here touting all these numbers, I'm willing to give it up if we collectively can do so much more. If we can really a hundred people, it's mm -hmm. like, and so, what else? Because you're gonna yes. have to feed them tomorrow. Right. And so, um, when you talk about, so the, you own the property at House of Tiny Treasures, and mm -hmm. then you have the facility near the George R. Brown. Yes. Are there other places that the homeless connect through you? Yes, yes. So, in that wraparound care, okay. we are working with almost a thousand households individuals and families who were homeless before and now in their own homes. And so we wow. we are continuing to work with them at least a year, if not longer. Incredible. Most of them a little bit towards three or so Can you years. Tell them about Wendy? So yes, yeah, so Wendy Hay is one of our, was one of our parents at the House of Tiny Treasures when her children were little itty bitty. Now they I think one has just graduated from high school and then she has twins that are in high school. She, um, a mother of four who moved here from Florida to get away from an abusive husband. Mm -hmm. And uh, her only kind of beacon was actually Joel Osteen and, and the Lakewood wow. Church, which is all about motivation and, yes. you know, getting your life kind of by the horns, right? And and so she came here for that and found her, you know, she had nothing. Four children, little children. Wow. And um, living in her car? In her car and then she found she went to the Star of Hope, okay. stayed there. Uh -huh. We partner with Star of Hope. So our House of Tiny Treasures took her three who were young enough mm -hmm. still, um, children, the twins and, and the elder one. And uh, and we had them, you know, for the two to five year period, year old period. And she now um, is working in Florida um, in finance. She went to school. Wow. All this through went, the process, right. through the Incredible. umbrella of what Search is doing. Her curls, outstanding students, straight A's. Yes. Just like, what a success story. And the thing is, is that, that she's just one of many success yeah. stories. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and she's probably making more than many of our staff are making. <laughs> it's so incredible. I know. It is a passion. It, it is. is a passion to yeah. really know. Okay, so let's also talk about so your family is from Panama. Yeah. You immigrated here? Yeah. So it's, I say it's a funny story and my mom's like, It's not that funny. <laughs> um my parents met in medical school. 
Uh-huh. And my mom helped my dad study. My dad is a genius, very smart, but my mom is also, but she's, my mom is focused and she, they would, they were a team. They studied together. My mom said that my dad wouldn't, my dad couldn't sit down, but my, my mom could. But then once they started studying, they, my mom would want to stop and they would want to stop. So they were like a good team. He decided that he was going to do oncology and that MD Anderson was where he wanted to do his residency. Wow. And my mom's like, well, if you're going to MD Anderson, I'm going to go to Baylor. And she practiced. She had no English. She practiced for the interview with um, her sister's husband, well, boyfriend at the time. Um, spoke English and, like, was American. So he, they practiced for hours, and she did the interview at Baylor. And Dr. Wolf, who is an eminence, was her mentor. He asked her, wow, what if I, Dr. Wolf, what if I don't accept you? And my mom's like, no, that's not part of that's the That's not an option. <laughs> that does not fit into what I'm up <laughs> that's So right. they moved to Houston when I was two. Wow. So I went to a Montessori, and I loved it. I learned English. My mom says that I would talk. I would speak Spanish, but like make it sound like English, and people were like, <laughs> what is she saying? But I, I, I was a talker from the little... You are. I'm not surprised. I was a talker. But then... Um, my dad said, let's move back to Panama. How old were you then? I was six. And my mom was like, no, I, I'm, I'm happy here. I speak English. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, I want to stay. Uh-huh. She goes, and he leaves her and me in Panama and moves back to Houston. <gasps> so I say, it's funny. And my mom's like, it's not funny. It wasn't it was funny. funny. Yeah. But for funny. me, for me, I, I say, thank you, daddy. Because I grew up yeah. with my family, my cousin, and in Panama, in Panama, versus here with just you. So yeah. I almost mm-hmm. think there was mm-hmm. something meant to be for my mom. It she so definitely difficult. it was devastating. Yeah. Uh, she's the top dermatologist in Panama. But I kid you not, wow. she would have been the top in Houston. Yeah, she and gave up a lot. That. She, yeah, right. and she right. ended up staying. And she, what she did, and what I learned about volunteering is through my mom. She, um, when she was in Baylor, she learned about the albinos in Panama. And she's like, mm. wait a minute, why don't I know about this? Why am I learning about this in America, not in my home? So when she, she said, she, I'll share the video with you. She did, an, she did an amazing mm-hmm. video. She said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do something. So when she be- went back to Panama, um, she was working at Gorgas, the um, U.S. Army Hospital. And um, she's, she formed a small team to do outreach because albinos have the highest incidence of, of skate cancer. Mm-hmm. And can you yeah. imagine living in the tropics? Wow. With and so being they an call albino. them the moon wow. children because Aww. they would go out at night to play. Oh. And she has spent 30 years, you know, advocating, bringing them clothes, teaching them. Wow. It's, yeah. That's so, beautiful. And, and what a passion project, oh my girl. God. That See, you learned by example. No kidding. By example. And, and, and she always had a couple of patients that had very difficult diseases mm-hmm. and she would take care of them that's wonderful like yeah okay wow. so i have a list of things that we go over oh. for our um for <laughs> the whenever i interview people and okay. you are the first person that ever a- answered every question because ah, i'm like see? oh it's an overview you were like overachiever but i just yeah. um and i love that about you whereas i'm like flying by the seat of my pants <laughs> okay what are we talking about next i can handle this but there was something that really 
absolutely, um, when you talked about authenticity, and I'm gonna cry when, you, when I read this, and I, and I say, how do I know it's real? And you said, if it hurts, it's real. And I just feel like I am at that place in my life that I have everything going on, but it is just my daughter's in pain, Rob's had surgeries, my parents have had health issues, my nephews are struggling. Like mm -hmm. it's just, and but um, it's. I think we sometimes forget that that's where the magic happens mm -hmm. too, girl, mm -hmm. isn't yeah. it? It is mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, you losing your husband yeah. and. Mm -hmm. And then just seeing all these people in pain, but then giving them hope. Weigh in a little bit on this as I cry off yes. to the side. Oh, ah. No, no. But, um, I mean, it's kind of what you were saying about things that are plastic, things uh -huh. that are fake. There's no surface, right. you know. And when you care about something, uh -huh. you know, it hurts. And then, of course, I have to do a shout-out to my friend, Farinac. Come on. Uh -huh. She's the most... One of the most, because you're super stylish. She's, <laughs> she, she always tells me, like, can you put on some heels? <laughs> and I'll see her with these heels, like, and she's like, pain is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always have a change of shoes these days. Pain's not worth it all day, but that's so funny. Um, so there's pain in everything, in like beauty, yeah. and in family. And, um, you know, when you care about someone, a cause, Yes. You know, there is, there is, that's how you know it's real. And I have to say, for me, my pain is, with search, is when people talk about the encampments. Mm. Uh, I get so upset. Yeah, you're like, you're missing the point yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. they're this people. This is not what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, and I, and I feel your pain, and, and uh -huh. we share the pain, and I, and I think... But it gets us to the joy. Yeah. Exactly. And we can't pass it, and I feel like... That's what I'm trying to give my daughter, and that's God what your mother gave to you, and I mean your family to mm -hmm. leave mm -hmm. a country everything. and leave everything. Like you've got, I feel like the this young generation, you're giving them something different at the House of Tiny Treasures. They don't want to feel pain. They just want to watch. And I love social media. I mean, part of the way we're coming to them is through social media. Right. But like you've got to go through some stuff to get to good yes 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 there's there's always a lot of challenges and, and pain and and so when you can get a little bit of a nugget you know it's like we 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 are hypersensitive to the term success stories people ask yes. us about success stories yeah and it's so stressful it mm -hmm. is because then you're labeled exactly and like so that's what i ask like because i ask people when do you feel, do, is, was there a moment you felt success? Because I feel like there's moments, but like we're never Absolutely. successful. Yes, yes. So right? that's the key is, right? is it's, it's the moments. It's the incremental Just change. Just finding those yes. moments. Yes, So those are how we see and try to measure people's successes. Because when somebody is in recovery, yes. it's not going to be an easy ride to sobriety and and there's going to be relapse but you know the thing is all of us are always trying to develop some or change something mm -hmm. about ourselves and we relapse all the time you know we do. about health about food about whatever is oh. in our lives and Absolutely. and we don't take you know we have to give ourselves a little bit of a uh, grace 
and 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 that's what everybody else needs too. So how can people get involved? Well, first, actually paying attention to the fact that you know Houston. While we have people who are homeless, it is not, and you will see them in encampments and all that. Please don't be quick to judge. This person is somebody's brother, father, son, and and our challenge here in Houston is nowhere near what it's been in other cities, or mm -hmm. it is in other cities. So support, or if you are faced with somebody who is in front of you asking for money, acknowledge them. Look at them in the eye, say hello, hope your day is going all right. And, and if you feel compelled to give them something, Yes, <laughs> we. Yes, because I've seen those signs like where Spider Man is by the Houstonian I there. And when, I, I know Spider Man is an incredible um, icon in Houston, but they, it says to to consider before you give to right. panhandlers. Right, right. Because the dollars that you feel like you want to give or you want to do something, because I think yes. we all feel like, oh my you gosh, if exactly. It gets you in your it heart. It does. It does. And so if you want to give them a bottle of water, Houston is hot. You, I mean, our body needs to be hydrated all day long. Yes. Do that. Mm -hmm. But for those $5, 10 $20 or whatever it is that you want to give, give it to an organization like Search, like Starve Hope, you know, an organization that you know and trust because they can do so much more with those $5. They can turn it into 20 25 And with people who know how to help Spider-Man or people like him to have a more stable, healthier life because they're being in a home, they're being able to go to work or, you know, have health care helps all of us be healthier. And I, what I also love about when connecting with you guys is there have been ways that you have opportunities that come up and you'll even send out an opportunity to go to Amazon or whatever right. and buy. So you, then you can know specifically what you're giving. It goes Absolutely. directly to that. Directly. So how would they would they go to your website? Yes, yes, our website or in, yeah, and sign up. Search searchhomeless.org. Homeless okay. Uh -huh. Sign up so that you can get a newsletter periodically. We don't we don't oversaturate you're not, your, no. your you're very respectful. We, we and you don't and sell it and you don't give yeah. it to other people and no. you're just very no. respectful. Right. Go on that Facebook, commitment. Right. Search homeless um, in Houston <clears throat> and, or LinkedIn. Yes, any of those. Instagram, we're and on of course there too. Friends, friends, friends of HCT. Yeah. This yes, tell about that. Okay, so we started this auxiliary group, and Tal admitted Tal was like, I don't think it's gonna like we've tried before. Uh huh. And Amy was like, Monica, we're doing this. That's and right. I was like, we're, we're warriors. We're gonna do it. And these ladies have stuck to it. We we've need leadership. We need consistency, and they have. They are oh, that. So yes. it's really it was interesting because I told Amy I was like, Tao said might not work, <laughs> and um, we're like, we're gonna do it. Yeah. So we did, and so we had this brainstorming with Meredith Phillip and um, Adrian Franklin Brown. Phoenicia is incredibly supportive of homeless people and and how do people oh so we started we did power up we got a name yeah. and we decided power up was a terrible name <laughs> and the kids kept it so what we started was is um we decided to be friends of HCT so it's an auxiliary uh -huh. group that supports we support their Christmas parties 
the rodeo. You came. Yes. That was part of Friends of HET. And what Amy said, we need to get our kids involved. Our kids need an outlet. We want to capitalize on these young kids. Perspective. Yes. 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 When our kids are depressed and sad, not that that emotion doesn't count, but that they feel that there could be value in them having perspective for the world. Perspective is very important. That's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So we started the kids group Mm -hmm. and um, St. Francis has a group. My kids are part of a little group, and they're so smart. Body. I love it. Yeah, I love it. that. And then we're talking about uh, Bella maybe doing an Episcopal. Episcopal. So we're getting Duchenne involved. Duchenne, yes. And um, we wanted to inv- spread, like sunflowers. Yes, and National Charity League. There's already some relationships That's with right. the Memorial Chapter, but I think there's other chapters in Houston. Right. So there's ways that you could connect and bring in your... Yeah. different organizations to work. Yes. And stay tuned too, because one of the newer programs we'll be starting for our parents and, and, and students is to have a, a day or a short day uh, of learning about what is homelessness and oh, an activity uh, so that you Super can have cool. some hands-on oh, um, volunteering work. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, because I think we all wonder, it's like, what do I tell my kids? Yes. about this problem. Mm-hmm. How, why am I not giving money to this gentleman who is asking right. for help, right? And so that's that's some of the, the conversation that we'll be mm-hmm. having so that everybody understands the context. Mm-hmm. Why is this person here and how we can be more meaningfully helpful. Yes. Yes. And one of the things I also want to attach to as a, a parting word is um, I've done a lot of research on discernment versus judgment. And I think this comes really significantly. Judgment comes from a superior place of looking down at someone, whereas discernment is identifying what's different. And um, and I think we can do that um, in a loving way that doesn't condemn further what people are already experiencing. And if we all did that with politics and religion and different viewpoints, it would be a much happier, joyful world I love to live in. I love that. Yeah, Thank I'm going to have to love use that. You amazing. <laughs> oh, God. Grace Kelly. Just in time. Snore. Just Apparently, in time. we put her to sleep. So, um, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Please share this. Let your friends know. There's so many ways that even you can make a difference. Um, if you prefer to get involved in the trenches, there's ways to do it here. Or if you just want to write a check or purchase something to literally go to the kids directly. There are so many ways to do it. But we're coming to a close and hope you guys all have a great week living the authentic life. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. You are fantastic.